Hi, welcome to Morning Talk Show. Today is a special bonus episode. Um, I'll get into it a little bit more in the actual episode, but uh, I had the unusual experience of having a friend um, create a video that went viral, and it's uh, it's called Speaking Moistly. It's uh, an auto-tuned version of our Canadian Prime Minister using a very unfortunate term during a COVID crisis update and anyway the thing went crazy and and had millions of views in the first couple of days uh so i filmed an interview with him his name is brock tyler so he's on here and then as a, as an interesting little uh extra thing i also interviewed evan gregory who wrote or who auto-tuned the um the song bed intruder and the song double rainbow if you remember those two so uh, the Gregory brothers and Evan Gregory kind of, um, under the name Shmo Yoho, kind of pioneered um, auto-tuning the news and auto-tuning YouTube videos. So uh, I interviewed both of these people, uh, and then I kind of sat on it because um, I'm a little bit lazy and it was extra, um, it was an extra effort kind of thing. So uh, now, now that I've procrastinated, um, a couple of things actually make the videos even more kind of interesting. Number one, tragically, the subject of the Double Rainbow video, um, his name is Paul Vasquez or Paul Bear Vasquez, has passed away. Uh, he passed away on May the 9th of 2020. So we lost him. So... Um, that's one thing I wanted to mention in the intro video is uh, if you go and give the double rainbow video a watch and you can kind of um, you can kind of appreciate the man's love of nature through that video and uh, and pay your respects that way. Uh, so when we had filmed this interview with Evan Gregory, when I had filmed it, um, Paul Vasquez hadn't died yet. So we don't actually mention that in the interview, but um, at any rate, uh, now, the other thing is that recently, and this is less sad, um, the song Speaking Moistly by Brock Tyler, also known as Anonymotif, has had uh, a string quartet cover uh, with the singer uh, from the band Moist, um, David Usher. Um, so he is singing on that cover, so you can kind of go watch the original and you can watch this uh, moist cover of speaking moistly so anyway there's a, a lot of fun uh content these two interviews are are mostly about creating and and um and kind of what it's like to go viral um my interview with brock is is unusual because we're actually friends but we were also in lockdown so we hadn't really hung hung out uh much so anyway it's a very unusual episode of morning talk not at all the same, although I do kind of try to get uh, deep and philosophical a little bit in the interviews, uh, so that will be familiar. But uh, otherwise, I hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, yeah, like and subscribe, and I've got more great videos on the way. Thanks. Okay, Julia, can you go let Aubrey show you the math? Love you. I will give you a treat when it's done, if you guys can stay away. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> hey, Evan, uh, welcome to Morning Talk Show. Um, Thanks it's, for having me. It's, it's a super pleasure to, to have you here. Um, my, uh, 
this show, uh, I'm, I'm guaranteed you're not familiar with it, but my general idea is to interview a huge range of people about basically human behavior and psychology, but from like a really, uh, like not a, not a professional scientific basis, just people's experience of life and everybody from uh, meditation experts to uh, flat earthers and, and uh, everything in between. And so recently my, um, my good friend and bandmate had some, uh, some viral success with an auto-tuning of Justin Trudeau uh, singing, um, or he, he said the, the phrase speaking moistly in his, uh, in his um, address and immediately regretted it. Um, my buddy tuned it and it went viral. And it just reminded me of, of the deep well of the uh, Shmoyoho Shmo and, the, and the Gregory brothers. Um, so I was interested in, in your experience of going viral and, and kind of what it did to you what it did to you, to your mind, like how it affected the way you think and the way you live. Is that too broad of a question? Yeah, well, it's broad, but we can dial in from there. Happy to you know, ex explore it and see what falls out. I'm familiar with um, the, the, uh, sp the Speaking Moistly remix, which is uh, awesome. We had some fans even send the original clip to us, like, you got to check this out, Amazing. Trudeau. You know, he basically meant to say speaking mostly, I guess, and just came out moistly. And, but yeah, he was instantly pricked by it. And uh, <laughs> so I've seen the remix. It's awesome. It's it's really well done and and catchy. And also, and uh, we also really liked. I'm speaking sort of collectively for me and my brothers because I work with my brothers, yes. Michael and Andrew, of course. I'm sort yeah. of speaking speaking for the group. We lo we loved it because it's sort of like in our school of of remix. Yeah, which rather than say taking a piece of audio and just kind of like uh, chopping and screwing and landing on the beat, there's a there's an effort you can tell in this remix to like tease out a melody basically and turn it into a song. So right. we affectionately call that songification or like to songify something. So what, right. what's your buddy's name on Twitter? I on YouTube his handle is like Anonymotive or something. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. His name is Brock Tyler. Um, oh, cool, cool. Well, I'd like to meet him someday. I think it's really. Uh, it was a cool project. Came out awesome. Came out yeah, awesome. I was hoping that he. I was hoping he would be part of this interview, but he's he's actually a pretty private guy. That's the funny thing is he's he's probably one of my most introverted friends. Uh, he, he's a musical genius, um, but uh, and and he he told me he he, he just loves your guys uh, your guys work obviously and it's homage. So from from your perspective, like, did you see a massive uh, up upswell of that kind of stuff? Uh, after your initial viral success? Like, did you see a bunch of people doing that? Um, yes, yeah, for sure. And, we, and now we've sort of been in this odd niche that we carved out for ourselves for about 10 years. So yeah. that's, you know, in YouTube years, as you know, that's like four generations, you know, 10 years is... Absolutely. You know, YouTube years are like dog years, basically. Yeah. So, um, so we are, you know, major AARP material. And it's, it's not, I mean, remixes of found material you know, already existed, but with the advent of YouTube and the ability to post something online and then just get there with a click, and that coming around around the same time as just being able to have access to audio and video editing yeah. tools at the consumer level, you know, that created this like explosion of uh, 
fan-made stuff, just re remix culture just became a part of the world. And so that already existed when we came around and our, our main innovation was this idea of like really fo focusing on song form as you go into a remix and trying to find a melody and yeah. trying to make it come out like a song that was catchy and that people could could sing. And yeah. this idea this idea of using software to uh, turn a speaking voice into something that hit pitches and approximated a, a singing voice. That's a, that was like our major in, innovation. And so, right. um, yeah, there were certainly like copycats, but we, we really knew that going in. There's no, yeah. there's no jealousy. Like, oh, these guys took our one thing. It's not like we patented it. Right. You know, we, we uncovered this idea of just like pushing the auto tune up to 11 could, could get these results under the right circumstances and using a bit of, craftsmanship so we knew there was going to be yeah. tons of people out there doing that as, as soon as we because uh, it's obvious what we were doing maybe you just hadn't thought of it before anyone right. could do it we were honestly surprised there weren't more people was, right. so especially okay. if you saw the the success of some of our hits it was like oh we would thought the floodgates would open it, now yeah. there are some people that have found success one of some of whom we've become friends with or have relationships with and uh yeah. One that's been out there about as long as us is this guy, John Boswell, who does the Symphony of Science. He has just oh, okay. some awesome, but his portfolio is so deep that when you start to watch it, then you get to really see what the artistry is that's yeah. in, involved because his stuff sounds totally different from us. He just makes different styles of yeah. music than, than we do. Yeah, so you get to see down. that it's not like a lot of button clicking. It's, it's musicianship too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the clear thing. And I think that's why you're still here 10 years later is like, those songs are insanely catchy. They get stuck in my head instantly. Like everything I've listened, like I've been singing um, Tashi Station today. <laughs> like, but uh, so, I mean, it's clear that it's more than what I hear when I listen to it as a musician who's done some audio editing and that kind of thing is I hear obsession, but not in the bad way. Like I can tell there's meticulousness and obsession in what you do. Um, my, my curiosity is like, uh, I have an analogy that came to my head. It's like when I used to play um, those kind of more uh, strategic games on the computer, like Robin Hood, where you'd have to like solve a problem and um, like the Sierra games. I don't know if you're, I don't know how old you are, but that's, that's mm -hmm. what I used to, uh, you'd walk around uh, in the game and you'd, you'd, you'd go into a new environment and you'd, you'd, you'd not know what you could pick up and what you could manipulate. And then I know, uh, so I noticed in real life, I would walk into a room and be like, for a split second, I'd say, can I pick that up in my head? Like in, in real life, the game would go into like, you know, I would be like thinking of the world in the same way. So I'm wondering if that happens to you. Like, are you hearing melodies in people's voices? Are you hearing remixes like in daily life as you walk around? Yes, or, or when we watch TV, and I, I, I won't say it's like a permanent state of mind, but when we've right. been like really dialed in on a project or, or something like that, yeah. which is the same thing you're describing about uh, like your video game experience. And that really rang true to me too. I remember like when I used to play uh, Tetris uh, a lot, you said that you play that for a couple hours and then I go and try to read a book and you would <laughs> see like in the margins of the book, like lining up with the rows of text you'd yeah. see like blocks and pixels start to start to line oh, up man. you know your, your your brain just get you gets in that mode so this, so the same thing is true for being like really dialed in on a creative project yeah. like this and it happens to be really steeped in this technology so yeah you, your ears get really honed in on listening to joe biden's particular turn of phrase when he's talking about his hairy legs or, or whatever 
and that's a good one. It 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 just clicks in. Now some it, it's um, some voices are better than others when it comes to yeah. like transforming a voice into a melody. Yeah. And I think the way we like to think of it is basically you know, the the human voice is an instrument that's always uh, producing sound and the closer someone's speaking voice is to already singing like the yeah. shorter the journey we have to take them on right the better it's the better it's gonna sound right and that's why joe biden is like the beyonce of unintentional singing <laughs> he's already he's just always out there just yelling like this and he wants to tell stories to you and yeah. so it's like that's all he's already using his voice like a singer like projecting yeah. the air yeah. is flowing I feel that's why, like, the, maybe that's why Bad Intruder was so good, because that guy had such a sing-song, uh, sing-song voice. Or yes, totally. Yes, two things. Yes, you're exactly right. So Antoine Dodson is his name, and it's, and it's you're exactly right. One, it's just the volume and the projection. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's animated. He's loud. You know. Yeah. Uh, so he's already projecting like a like a singer would do. But right. then also, there's like an arc and a melody that's that's baked in there. Like we. Um, we didn't modulate it that much and that's why it like really clicked especially because that original interview was so viral that everyone had already seen that right and so when the remix when the remix sounded almost exactly like that it yeah. was like really really interesting and shareable so you it, that brings up another thought that that i had about your um about your initial success because bed intruder was pretty close to the beginning am i right in thinking of that or how long had you been going by the time bed intruder came out yeah really just about a year since we had kind of first broken this series that was called auto-tune the news and that was more based around like current events and this idea that we could take right. the news and just and uh, uh find some comedy there and find some songs and just sort of use it as like a fun songwriting exercise we've been doing that for yeah. about a year and then we hit on this idea of like making singles out of viral videos basically that we weren't that big at that at at that time, but right. that intruders, well, it was really the double rainbow song. Yeah. Oh. Sort of like back to back within maybe four or five weeks of the yeah. intruder song. So those two things like back to back just uh, really opened, opened up and, yeah. you know, exposed us to a huge audience. So how has that changed? Like, I guess I, I, I'm fascinated by the idea of somebody's success being tied to, um, their knowledge of kind of current events and like what is actually on people's minds, right? Because um, it, it seems like early on, you could probably just go off of what you find interesting, but once it starts to be like kind of a big thing and there's expectation and uh, I'm assuming some kind of income stream, like uh, how did that, like, how did that mess with your head? Like, did, did you find that you were kind of becoming obsessive about current events at all or did it not change anything for you? Um, yeah, okay, so a few questions in, in there. Were we obsessed with current events? I think the answer to that is, was already yes. Um, we were already interested in the news just as human beings, but then also with this series Auto Tune the News that we'd already been working on for a year or so, that made us really pay attention to the news to like a pathological point. Every day you're checking what's the latest update and, right. and the you know, behaving like political junkies. What are the yeah. latest salvos from one side to the other? Paying attention to that, seeing what stories we could turn into songs. Um, so now, uh, what's the second part of your question? Well, that I was just we were already paying. Yeah. So then, I guess as as our audience broadened out, 
how did that change the considerations and what did we pay uh, uh, attention to? It, we started watching more and more indicators like uh, what was being shared on YouTube, what is being talked about in different spaces like Facebook and Twitter. We started, instead of being the curators of our material, we started to look to our fans as crowd sourcers of, mm. uh, oh, the internet is getting too big for us to monitor everything. You know, what, right. are other people, what are other people seeing? They're seeing stuff that goes viral in their community. Something doesn't have to be globally viral to still be interesting right. or viral on some level. So right. within each community, people are paying attention to different stuff. And so our dedicated fans would, would show us videos that they thought were funny or interesting or singable. Yeah. And that's awesome because I think what we hear, what we hear a lot when people talk about social media, even people who are absolute social media junkies and, you know, YouTube junkies is the unhealthy aspect of it. But in a way, I, I kind of feel like uh, these viral videos, there's a certain kind of uh, almost like selflessness or using this as to create some global community, this idea of everybody being connected by certain ideas and certain emotions. So uh, have you found that? Like, have you found overall it's been healthy or, or, or unhealthy for you? I mean, I assume you wouldn't be doing it if it was unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, lots of people continue to do things over the years that are unhealthy because they get yeah. trapped. But uh, uh, yeah. So don't take my word for it. Uh, I'm prime, perfectly healthy. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like it, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let me see if I could paint, you know, sort of the ups and and the downs, because uh, really, what you're asking is is not just about our specific thing of taking found material, and making songs uh, mm. about it, but is really about the more general lifestyle of being a digital creator and mm. you know just be just being a, a youtuber mm. now our experience is a lot different than like the the archetype of a youtuber which is somebody who is looking at their phone or laptop going like hey guys so let me tell you my day tell me about my day or today right. we're going to talk about this important topic and yeah. is sort of like addressing the camera yeah we are not that you know our, our right. fans know our productions they don't know our personalities so right you can't which take cool. our experience as as universal um but it does really affect the way that you approach your your life and your uh, career when your your portfolio your oof whatever you want to call it like all the stuff that we're making exists in this uh, digital space uh on this platform that's controlled by uh youtube and, and google mm -hmm. uh, so it feels it feels very different than a traditional career in music which is sort of right. like how we set out we were, we we're originally musicians and we kind of stumbled yeah. into this video career because that's just that's just where it led us. You follow you follow the breadcrumbs that yeah. are in front of you of of, yeah. of what people are watching and so, and 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 here we are. And and also, we wouldn't have made it this long if it was only YouTube for us. YouTube is how mm. people find us, so that's the centerpiece. That's the bread mm -hmm. and butter. But in order to make a career, and you'd find this for anyone who is a you know so-called creator or mm -hmm. influencer or any of those like very hateable words to describe something. <laughs> yeah. that living on. But you know they'll all tell you that it's like it's all about cobbling together some mix of a bunch of different streams. Yeah, your AdSense, your merge, your, your whatever. And we're kind of lucky that as musicians we can we can like play in the music industry a little bit and mm. that helps support us. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you have sales of, of tracks on, and stuff. 
that like sales on iTunes and that kind of thing and streams and, and live. Do you guys do a lot of live performances? Like in no, not 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 a lot, but but we do some. Yeah. Okay. As what's uh, what's most common for us is that we'll go play festivals. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sorry, hang on. It's froze up. It usually comes back in a second. Uh, sorry, having a little interruption here. Um, oh, come on now. Hmm. Hmm. Uh-oh. Hmm. Come on, internet. Hey, hey, sorry, sorry. Uh, no problem. Uh, so yeah, you were saying uh, you get to play festivals. Oh yeah, about, um, uh, yeah, live performance is the question. And the answer is like pre, in our pre-YouTube life, we did touring and stuff like that. We are a very conventional band. Nowadays, it's, most effective for us to spend most of our time in the studio basically, but we do go out for gigs at festivals. We've played at VidCon every year for um, 10 years or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's canceled this year, obviously, but last yeah. summer we did, last summer we did several festivals and that's just really fun because we can go out with a, a rock band and basically play live versions of our videos. Right. Um, it's just, it's super satisfying and people in the crowd will always know at least the biggest, hit, biggest hits and sing along. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, as a musician, it sounds kind of ideal because that you, there's that, there's that, uh, stereotype of the road warrior who has to constantly be on the road. And those, those people experience shows that are just absolute duds. Whereas with your live performance experience, like it seems like there would always be a built in enthusiastic audience for, those kind of shows so you kind of yeah. get the yeah that's i'll i refuse to disabuse you of that notion yes all of our shows are always amazing and sold out <laughs> i'm just thinking okay <laughs> fair enough yeah you could you don't have to tell me the reality <laughs> this is the internet it's not reality um <laughs> okay fair enough uh well i know that's been um i know that's been brock's experience uh is that the the audience for uh, for this comedy stuff is just, uh, you know, has, has dwarfed um, uh, any of our music uh, that we've done individually, but uh, I mean, that's fine. So it sounds like then viral success did kind of change your, change your career path, like uh, changed your intentions for your career then. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, we just got a taste of what was possible. There's no guarantee that a single viral success is going to turn into recurrence. Right. That's even more true now than than it was then. But you know, people can see your one thing and then and then move on. But we were sort of focused on, okay, if we just keep developing the craft of this and and just try to make it funny and interesting, then what you hope for is this giant peak that comes with the viral hit. And then when the peak comes back down, the uh, the remaining plateau is just like a little bit higher than than where you were before. Right right where you were um, so you keep building it yeah so so you just come back with more stuff and eventually uh people are uh, attracted and uh where it has worked for us is that we've had big viral hits that have drawn in big audiences but but where it's hurt us is that we've had hits they're sort of like in different spaces oh this viral uh, hip-hop thing oh this very nerdy news thing so members of our audience tend to like whatever it whatever the first thing was that they found the thing right. that was shared to them that made yeah. them fall in love and yeah. so if we if we have 
five or six different things that we do, there are plenty of our fans that like only like the one thing and they hate the other four. Right. That's the thing about the internet. It's like, I, I've done a little bit, I mean, because I have this podcast, I've done a little bit of research about how to kind of guarantee an audience. And the whole thing is be as specific as you can, like do Photoshop tutorials. Uh, and that's it, you know, and, and my uh, man, my show is set up for failure from the beginning, kind of like what you're saying where you're following your, uh, not that you're set up for failure, but you're following your interests, you're following like the, your songs all reflect you and your bandmates. Um, and they don't necessarily reflect how could they millions of people. And it's like, you know, for me, I'm like, I, I did an interview with the, the founder of the Satanic Temple, and I got a ton of Satanic followers whom yeah, I love. And, uh, and then my next one was about meditation and my followers kind of went like, you know, kind of went <laughs> off. So eventually I guess, you, I guess you feel like you're honing in on those people that, that actually really respond to like your just overall vibe, like your people, you don't know who they are. You're just casting. Things yeah. out. And I'm hoping that uh, happens. That's, a, that's an awesome example. And I'm, I'm really hoping that after that episode, you were left with like two followers that had both things in common, you know, just like a exactly. really chill Satanist who loved meditating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the end, I feel like if I ever get a really big following, it'll be the most interesting. Like, I'll actually want to do one of those Discord servers or something and go hang out with those people because, you know, so many like so many different chat rooms and stuff. I always feel like kind of left out. But maybe I'm maybe I and you are creating these communities of like hearty people who just like love to go inside your brain you know yeah well don't yeah don't discount that because having a, a broad outlook uh is its own kind of specificity it uh your your show is about trying to uncover certain things about uh the human species and and human psychology so that is its own interest group being able to look yeah. at all different types of of humans it's a different type of specificity than oh i do photoshop tutorials or right or, or whatever, um, you know, we follow people that are super specific, but also we follow, especially in the world of podcasts, people that like interview everybody and try to have yeah. like an outlook on the world. And to fulfill that outlook, they need to understand everybody. I think that's like, I think that's where the internet, hi, Delia, just, you can listen, okay? I love you. Uh, I think that's where the internet becomes kind of, um, <laughs> so this might be the end of the interview. Um, I think that's where the inter internet becomes actually really human in this weird way. I, I almost see it like the internet being the, the neural network of a giant brain, you know, and certain paths get well-worn. And in this weird way, we experience the, the massive consciousness of, uh, of the nation of the, of the world through the internet. So anyway, um, I, I celebrate that kind of success because it does seem very human. Your success, it seems very human to me. It seems very, like as much as it might be, like it doesn't seem calculated, right? And especially because of the diversity of what you do, it's not calculated. It's not like, it's not Photoshop tutorials, it's art. And that, you know, I, and I just want to affirm you in that and say what you're doing is art. And, and, uh, and anyway, uh, yeah, um, I think we should probably end up here because I've got to get back to taking care of my uh, little ones. But do you have anything There's else? There's no time like the present to build a pillow for it, is what I always say. Yep. Oh, man, if I could turn the, if I could take the computer in the living room, you would see a tent full of pillows, which is pretty rad. I want to go there right now. That would be fun. We can't.
yeah, come on up. No, we have to social distance. So do your own tent. But um, yeah, so is there That's anything- a great function of pillow forts. Totally. Is there anything you're promoting right now you want to give a shout out to before we're kind of done here? Oh man, we just put out a, um, an album of remixes of our own material called Handwash Sesh, which is uh, an album of lo-fi beats that you can listen to while you're chilling and trying to get rid of your anxiety around coronavirus uh, quarantines. Nice. Um, so that's, what, that's, that's one thing I'd be happy to promote. We went back to our stable of instrumentals and, and uh, put them in new settings. So if anyone out there on the internet can correctly guess what the original songs are that we remix for each track on Handwash Sesh, I will send you a t-shirt. <laughs> wow, okay, so you've obscured it intentionally, kind of made it like gauzy or... Yeah, there's like 10, yeah, there's like 10 or 11 tracks on the, on the thing. Probably seven or eight of them would be easy for a fan. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so people, people can comment in my, uh, under my videos or your videos and, uh, and you will hold you to that t-shirt promise. No, we won't. Um, okay. Uh, but well, Evan, thank you, Evan Gregory. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and, uh, if it's okay with you, I'm also going to interview Brock, um, and we'll talk about you guys and, and, uh, they may be in one episode. Is that, would that be okay? Or is that kind of, or should I do them separately? Probably separately. Oh, that sounds great. And, and uh, in the spirit of internet remix culture, if you cut up all my dialogue to make it sound like I'm talking to Brock, I think that'd be uh, perfectly satisfactory. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, I was thinking about that. Yeah, like maybe trying to auto-tune uh, both conversations or something. So we'll see what comes yeah. of it. Well, okay. I'm at a disadvantage because you've interviewed me first. So you can just get Brock to write a series of prompts as if he's asking me different questions so that I sound like a moron. <laughs> oh, man, this sounds amazing. Now I'm going to be obsessively cutting and pasting audio. Oh, man. Okay, see you soon. Okay, so um, Delia, do you want to say goodbye? Bye-bye. Bye, Delia. Do you want to say thanks for watching Morning Talk Show? Uh, no. No, you don't want to say that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Evan, Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your quarantine. You too. Have a great bye day. Bye so, it was so great to meet you. Um, so uh, I guess uh, I'll say Brock Tyler, welcome to Morning Talk Show. Thank um, you. <laughs> nice to be here. You are the first friend, the first person I've had on the show that I've even met before your uh, face pops up, popped up on the screen and you're and I would say you're far more than just a, a person I know. You're one of my closest friends. So um, right. I had somebody with another podcast recently tell me that he was comfortable, like he, he had only interviewed people he knew and that made it comfortable, but I was like, or that made it easier, he said. He didn't say comfortable, but I was like, I actually uh -huh. think that it would be weird to interview someone I know. Like, because yeah. when, you, when you don't know someone, there is a lot you can still find out. Like, that's right. And there's probably a certain tone that you can take with a stranger, not, not a, taking yeah. a tone in that sense, but just a way you can ask questions or communicate with somebody. When you've got um, history with someone, you have a, a bit of an established rapport, exactly. a, established way of talking. So yeah, so I get yeah. that it would be different, but it's my pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of the show <laughs> and uh, the host is a uh, pretty cool too. So yeah. Um, one thing I can't do with people I don't know, though, is you can't jump into the joking too quick. Like, it, well, my, right. my real sense of humor. Uh, so often it doesn't show its head at all in the whole interview. 
Yeah, I guess it would really depend on the person, right? Some people yeah. you naturally click with right away and others it takes time. So I like to slap sense. people with uh, slap people with an offensive statement yeah. once in a while uh, to see what, what happens. But when you don't know someone, uh, yeah. I said you don't know how they're going to take it or where it's going to go. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But I know you, you could say anything and only some Wait. of it will phase me. So. Uh, well, you're, you're dumb. No, no, I won't. Even, yeah. I won't even go there. Um, <laughs> <Going> right there. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'll tell my part of, which is absolutely minimal of the story of, of the reason why, uh, we're having this interview and I'll set some of the stage and, and, uh, there's no expectations for this conversation being long or, or drawn out or philosophical. But, uh, the other day, um, was sitting in my I was actually working from home that day and I got a text message from my friend Brock Tyler that he had put out a dumb thing on the internet. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not even making fun of it. I think that you said a dumb thing. Or yeah. I, I think I made something thing. dumb or I made something stupid was the, was the text. So, so yeah. So I watched speak, uh, Justin Trudeau sings speaking moistly. And I think at that time I hadn't even, um, I had maybe seen a meme about speaking moistly and not even understood what it was from because I didn't watch him say that. Right. Uh, and, but then I immediately knew that it was auto-tuning because I knew you had done a bit of that already. And I was like, oh man, that's so awesome. And like, obviously because it was you, the, um, the production value of the songwriting quality was way better than it even needed to be to, uh, for, for the situation. And um, so me and our other friend, we're just kind of like, oh, that's awesome. And I think there were like 200 views. I'm like, wow, 200 views already. That's, that is <laughs> really <time>. good. <laughs> <Yeah. Going big. laughs> and then lo and behold, I kept getting these updates from you and Tim that were like, uh, well, I think, I think the first one when it was 800 was like almost no time later. I was like, what's going on? So I kept checking in with it. And, um, and I think you went legitimately viral with over a million views in a day. Um, I'm yeah, telling the know. story. This is so, this is so counterintuitive. It's not what I normally do. I'm sorry. It's good. Uh, well, I'd rather, you know, hear it than say it. I mean, that's, but I'm here and I'll, I'm happy to contribute to. Yeah. Uh, I do you want to hear your side? Go ahead. Yeah, no. So that, I mean, I think you summed it up pretty well. It was um, just one of those things where you saw it kind of uh, getting a little bit of momentum and, you know, when I put it together, uh, just kind of like any video you put together or put out there, you're not really expecting much. You're thinking maybe a few people will enjoy it for the, <laughs> for the few videos I've done. And uh, yeah, it's, I don't know what, at what point a video is legitimately called a viral video. I, I was going to ask uh, that. Yeah. There's probably some context uh, with the country because this is a very Canadian video. I, I yeah. think a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know that people outside of Canada, it's not that they wouldn't get it. It's just that Canada being a smaller country, yeah. things are a lot more insular and the jokes yeah. uh, are just inherently more Canadian. Yeah. You can have a unique perspective as an American in Canada. Yeah. Um, you could turn your game down a tiny bit now. Sorry. Now that you're clipping. Going, no, you're, I don't think you're clipping. It's just uh, now that you're actually kind of getting in the swing of things, you're a bit louder. Yeah, Sorry. Mm -hmm. and I, Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now you're getting all the treatment that I don't usually give anybody. I'm, I never, I never say stuff like that. So anyway, keep going. That's all good. Uh, yeah. So it was fun. I mean, it was fun. Uh, 
looking back on it, and it was just com compared to um, maybe an actual viral video that sweeps the world or something with tens of millions of views. It was small, but uh, it was fun because it did it did uh, kind of hit the qualification of taking on a life of its own, which is a phrase yeah. that's used where you stop trying to get people to watch it and it's just sort of right. you see a flow of oh, yeah. sharing happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's pretty surreal to see that happen. And uh, as I reflected on it, the most fun part was sharing it with friends like you and Tim was our other friend who was in the text chat. Right. Uh, and just kind of watching it happen together and yeah. doing stuff to doing anything together these days is, you know, all right. digital because we're not, no one's able to hang out, but yeah. it's cool. It was really cool. Just, uh, yeah. Seeing the fun happen and being able to chat about it with you guys. I thought that was pretty fun. Well, for sure. Like, I, I guess the, the likes of like, or the views of millions of people as kind of a, an, like, it's almost an immaterial thing, right? Like it, it, it's really cool to see it happen, but it, I, I guess it's not like, it's almost unreal. It's kind of like when you sign a mortgage uh, and you become in debt for, you know, right. $350,000, you know, and, and it seems like almost nothing. Yeah. It, you don't feel it on your shoulders in this quite the same way. Yeah, not it's not the same way as if you bought a three hundred fifty thousand dollar car or something. I like or yeah, had a bad night at the casino or something like right, that. It would or feel just lost it. A little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is like a a couple. You know, there's a feeling of it being slightly removed um, from reality because you're just seeing people uh, interacting with something through these virtual signals. I guess through mm -hmm. social media and. A, a view count, uh, which is a funny thing in and of itself. Um, and you kind of get, this was my first experience of really, uh, you know, people uh, really wanting to watch something that I've done to that degree. Mm. And it's funny how quickly you get in the mindset of checking what I started calling the jump, which is like you, you check the video again and you just see what kind of intervals numbers are jumping by. Right. And it's, it's when you step back, it's this hugely arbitrary thing. It doesn't really mean anything except kind yeah. of what we've applied to it. But, you know, yeah. it's something you, you find yourself doing because you know, it's going to go away in about 48 hours and we all move on to other things, which is how it should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was, it was interesting kind of um, having that experience for the first time and learning about myself through it, I guess, that way. And oh, yeah. kind of the habits you form as you're did, watching things happen. How did it affect, how did it affect your kind of mental life? Like what was going on or what kind of mental gymnastics were you playing with yourself? Yeah, it was just a lot of screen time. You know, <laughs> yeah. A lot of shows for my kids. Uh, Carmen, my wife, for those who don't know, yes. uh, and I, we were both, yeah, you're just taking it in and really you're watching people enjoy it. And it's so it's so enjoyable to see somebody just, um, you know, take a little bit of fun out of something you've done yeah. or, uh, you know, the covers being a whole other thing, the covers that have come out around the song, pe seeing people make it their own. It yeah. becomes just this, um, this thing where you, you kind of never hit the bottom of what's out there, I guess, in terms of right. seeing what people are doing with it. Yeah. And, uh, and not in a self aggrandizing way at all. It's just, uh, because of the type of song it was and it's sort of this silly thing and the type of video it is um i didn't feel 
uh, I didn't feel like it was really about me at all, which was actually made it way more fun because right. I, I had no, no sense of being self-conscious over it. Right. Uh, it was just seeing people who were having a laugh and I was able to contribute to it. So, you know, coming back to kind of the mental gymnastics, it is, you just, you're glued to your screen for a while. Just <laughs> like, where will this go? I guess is the question yeah. that comes. And um, yeah, so it's not a healthy behavior that I'd want to do all the time at all. Right. It was kind of nice when it uh, started tapering off a bit, but right. yeah, it's funny. It's funny how it's, uh, how you just get, I guess, really immersed in it for a little while. Yeah, I definitely was. I definitely was on my phone a little too much that day too. Yeah. Like, just like, whoa, you know, and like my mental gymnastics is like, I, I think I experienced what, what could be called pre-jealousy. Like it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't jealousy outright. Like I, I, I never wished, I never wished it wasn't happening to you, but it's like, whoa, you know, as musicians and stuff, we are, I mean, that type of buy-in is what you what you dream yeah. of that type of self-motivated like self-motivated meaning the audience is self-motivated to to like look it up listen to it share it with other people but it really did kind of um you said the word together other, uh, earlier um and and in reference to me and you and tim texting that day but it's like i i mean people really did feel together in canada over it i think just for like just for a little bit like because everybody knew about the most people knew about the original video and then it got shared. And like, I was kind of surprised that anyone I mentioned it to had either already heard it or hadn't heard it, but loved it, you know, like immediately, like no one, I haven't heard anyone hate it. And I know there were like a few thumbs downs on YouTube, which is kind of, there's funny. always a few. Yeah. Probably Justin, or I don't even know is Justin's mom still alive. Um, it might, she might not have been happy. He might not have loved it. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, you, I mean, you definitely clearly had a strong political message there. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was super political and that yeah, was the whole very, very much. So yeah, no, it's, it's so funny. I mean, but he is, he is just so perfect for it too. Right. Because Justin Trudeau is this very handsome, youthful public official. And even the way he said moistly, like it, it really, when you stretched it out, it just sounded so funny. So like you did a great yeah. job of getting the, um, getting the actual way that he pronounced that, uh, emphasizing the humor of that. And then those two uh, ladies who were, uh, you know, yeah. who, who were signing the, signing it on either side. And then, I don't know. Also, I, one of the things I thought was great was how it um, was so short. Like it, it didn't belabor the point. I feel like, knowing you, I feel like I could just tell when you didn't have an idea for another way to make it funnier or keep it going. So you just stopped yeah. which uh, at a certain point, which was awesome and perfect. Well, that's exactly it. Uh, you know, I, I had just finished a, a different video, uh, which was, which is called special place in hell spelled mm -hmm. with two hockey sticks, which I took a lot of pride in with the uh, artwork <laughs> because it mashes up uh, Jason premier, Jason Kenny, uh, you know, saying that phrase, uh, there's a special place in hell for people like that, referring <laughs> to hoarders in the pandemic. And then I mashed it up with some hockey. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I can finally spell uh, H-E double hockey stick, which was yeah. awesome. <laughs> and uh, so I had just finished that and it involved a ton of clips and I spent way too much time on it. My wife was like, you're going to go work <laughs> on that again. And uh, like, yeah, it was kind of like, why am I doing this in a way? Yeah. Uh, and so I just finished that a few days before 
to a very lukewarm reception. And yeah. I was thinking, you know, I don't want to make this complicated. I want to see if I can, um, I guess, jump on the fact that a lot of people are paying attention to this funny moment. And I thought that I thought that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, it was he he added the humor to the moment by owning it and uh, yeah by the the punchline image. is the funniest part really where he just acknowledges you know what what does he say that what, what a terrible, terrible image. image yeah I should know that by now I um, know it because that's how Delia identifies the song it's funny she doesn't even sing it that, so uh, for those oh, of you funny. who don't know my four year old daughter who actually makes an appearance in the other half of this uh, episode um, right. she talked to Evan Gregory but. Um, Cool. Yeah, she 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 calls it what a terrible image. So, uh, right. <laughs> so that's funny. the part that really stuck with her. That is the funniest part of the whole thing. I couldn't find a way because partly because of how he said that. Yeah, line. it was really quick. Very quick. And uh, when you're manipulating um, the voice, and I use a plugin called Melodyne to do it, uh, you really find you really learn quickly what works and what doesn't. And uh, going back to a previous point you'd said, I know we're jumping all over uh, Please jump. place here, but uh, the way he said speaking moistly was perfect because it was so separated as, yeah. as he's thinking, do I really speaking want to say this? Moistly. Yeah. yeah. It's like so the word, the word was coming towards his mouth and he was like, do I shut the, the, the yeah, the, totally. He didn't, he didn't get shut it shut soon enough. Couldn't get it shut. So, yeah. so it was so perfectly said there was just nothing on the borders of it at all to worry about in terms of editing. So, um, yeah, so that was why, and that's part of what determines, you know, what gets used and and what becomes the the catchphrase. Mm -hmm. But it it was also this, you know, obviously the the term that got everybody talking. So, yeah, um, yeah I can't remember how we ended up at this point, but uh, it's okay. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Uh, to to take it in more of a like, so th I'm actually going to release this as a bonus episode because it's so off the beaten right. path. But how often do, how often would I have the uh, ability to speak to uh, a viral video creator? So I thought I'd take the opportunity, but to take it in a slightly more. Such as he is. Yeah, how often do I have the opportunity to capitalize on the success of my friend and hopefully get more uh, subscribers for my own YouTube channel from it? You know. Well, this um, is all for you. It was always all for you. So for, oh. this was the ultimate, this was the ultimate end. It was <laughs> yeah, going to be a video viral, you know, tweet from uh, Justin Trudeau. And yeah. then right. to get to morning talk. So, to get on to morning talk, you could have just asked. Uh, I could have. Well, uh, but, but that's you know, okay. I'm glad, I'm glad, you, went this. I'm glad yeah. you went this way. Uh, right. But uh, to take it in this direction though, um, I, I think of, I think of like a kind of, the concept of national identity and collective identity and um, how much of that is real, like is a nation even a real thing or is it just kind of an arbitrary thing that has to be enforced or, you know, how much real buy-in is there? Because as a person, I, I have such a, I'm so, uh, like, I dislike collective identity. I feel weird about all collective identity you know i feel weird about every community i'm in i feel mm -hmm. weird like i i don't know why that is um but uh but occasionally you'll have these moments where it feels like there is a national identity and that it, it's a real thing that actually helps some people i think there was one time where the oilers were in game seven and uh of the um stanley cup uh oh, wait am of i the saying finals 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and, that's 2006. Yeah. That's oh, right. there you go. So you know about sports. I see. I don't even know. Like, I, honestly, I, I, had, I wasn't even sure I was saying the right cup. Uh, it's not the great cup. <laughs> that's how unsporty I am. But don't you have an Oilers shirt? I think you I do. do because it's, you the, know it's this stuff. it fits really well. Yeah. But I feel kind of yeah. bad wearing it. But uh, it, like, I went to uh, I went to a convenience store, and the Indian lady with extremely thick accent behind the counter was um, her eyes were shining about being in game seven. And I had kind of this very like Hallmark movie of the week moment of just feeling like, oh man, Canada is a real thing. Like this nation is a real thing to someone. And this kind of right. kind of moment. And this is kind of another one of those moments, although I haven't shed any tears. Maybe today I will. But uh, we'll like, see. it's kind of one of those moments where it did seem like there was a collective consciousness. There's been obviously a buildup to, of tension you know, and, and stress and anxiety. And then everybody was kind of, this was a flashpoint for people to kind of let their hair down. Does that, is that, did you feel that? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, in terms of a national identity, I'm not sure. I haven't thought that deeply about it. I think that, <laughs> sorry. Uh, you know, we were texting and I, and I said, um, what I'd said earlier today was, uh, as my wife and I have talked about it, it just felt like a bit of a perfect storm of elements. Uh, and really, you know, the, it obviously is all the foundation of all this is the, is the statement and the way it was said. And the fact that, and I, I don't even think the original statement would have gotten the attention it had without the fact that we are all in our homes right now, staring at screens. And right. Some of us are, you know, managing kids and still don't have a lot of free time but yes. uh, a lot of people are uh you know looking there yeah we're just eyes on screens and yeah. sort of looking There's... to be entertained or looking to stay busy yeah and so i think that whatever it is that is facilitated by social media to get us all honed in on one thing for a brief moment mm. uh, whether that's represented through trending hashtags or anything whatever that kind of magic is uh is increased in power right now the strength yeah. of it is even stronger right. when it happens yeah. and i think the sharing and the memes and all the stuff that comes out around it is even stronger than during normal times because our attention yeah. is so focused yeah so i think that's just that's probably the biggest part of it um it being the prime minister i mean yeah uh it's just, it's the head of, well, technically not, I guess, the head of state of Canada, but the most visible um, political figure. Right. And uh, and he is, a for some people, a controversial figure. Uh, people, like on any politician, are divided on how they like or, or dislike politicians. Yeah. So I think that brings uh, a certain level of attention to it as well. Yeah. He's a charismatic individual. Yeah. Um, he grew a very he's, responsible he's looking beard. Yeah, yeah it's for true. This, it's, for this crisis, definitely. That's right. It's kind of the perfect beard for the for the times. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of gray in there, so we're not like, oh, there's a child running our country. You know, <laughs> that's right. I think um, he just wanted to clear that that part up. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he's a you know he so he's um he's just got that I guess a little bit of star power as a politician a bit more than most politicians. Yeah. He, yeah, Ken, Kenny is so, uh, Kenny is a little more uh, Jason Kenny is a little more local uh, 
he's our local uh, punching bag in Alberta, I guess. Sure. <laughs> and I, I think that's the, the standard politician uh, image, I guess. But uh, anyway, so coming back to, to what, whatever happened and the way people latched onto it, I think that it was just a few things were kind of happening at the same time. And um, more than anything, I think people were looking for a, a way to decompress and the prime, the prime minister gave it to people and I just sort of piggybacked on that. And uh, music has a funny way of uh, uniting people and this type of a video, which I should say now is a, is a very well-established type of parody um, yeah. invented, I believe, invented. And if not, then certainly perfected by uh, the YouTube channel, Shmoyoho with the Gregory yeah. Brothers. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, Hey, and I understand that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thought I'd help you out there. Yeah, and yeah. I understand no. you had a nice chat, a nice chat with uh, Evan Gregory, uh, which is super yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I did. And, I talked uh, to Evan. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, uh, and uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, and I was just gonna say that uh, I think a lot of people know that this is actually kind of an old, uh, an old style of meme video. Yeah, and uh, I'm really just you know. On Twitter, I think I compared it to um, I'm just like a kid trying on dad's clothes or something like that. It's, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy right. the creative challenge of doing this type of video, uh, yeah. but certainly it's, you know, they do it uh, better and funnier and they've done it for years and years. And I think they're uh, honestly beyond the comedy and the uh, of the videos. I think they're they've got a level of musical genius going on that I can see. So um well, yeah. So I, sorry. Uh, oh, oh I, sorry. You were going to interject. We've got yeah, a, well, a choppy connection. Go. For oh, it. sorry. Um, so, oh, like, I, I, I think I think you. Uh, I mean, I, I think really you're just taking when it, when something's already been established. I think it, it's just quicker for people to to buy into it, right? There's fewer people who might be weirded out by it or be like, "What even is this?" You know, like whereas I'm sure there was a little bit yeah. of that. Uh, early on in the auto tuning thing like i i remember double rainbow was just like i just loved that song and and the bed intruder from so uh, shmo yoho so my intention with this um is to have this be kind of a double bonus episode because i'm talking to you about your experience as a fresh first time viral video person and then also uh, evan gregory from the gregory brothers slash Shmo Shmo Yoho will be another part of it and then uh i don't know i mean he he challenged us or me or you to remix and chop these conversations up i uh i'm not going to commit us to that at all but uh if <laughs> if that happens then it will also be a part of this video um but the last thing i'd want to do is look like i'm trying to go go viral uh myself and right. i don't have melodyne i don't even know if my computer can handle uh handle working on that but um uh, uh, that's cool I'll, that he challenged you to do that yeah i, I didn't wonder know if he if he challenges everybody he probably uh, does if it's, yeah i mean if you if you know i mean i'm not sure if he's challenged other people but i mean i would at least assume that he has the ethos that this kind of thing is better when it is crowdsourced you know like when people when we're mm. you know when it's just like everybody try it everybody get in on it because it creates this environment where these things really can flash, you know, into like to the top kind of thing. Um, and yeah, and I, 
For sure. And, and I think they, uh, so I should say that one of the coolest parts was uh, I was chatting with somebody on Twitter um, and they had, uh, it's this uh, music blog. I'll just do a little shout out to uh, Ballads to Bangers. Um, I can't remember uh, the name of the individual who runs the blog. Sorry about that. But he made a really nice uh, uh, list of five viral videos and was kind enough really at an early viral stage to include um, early viral moistly in yeah. it uh, pre-viral almost yeah. but yeah he really liked a temperature it. yeah that's right mild and uh so that was on there and a couple obviously uh Shmoyoho songs were on there so we were chatting a little and i was i was telling him i said oh one of my favorite Shmoyoho videos is um why why mantai and for anybody who hasn't seen it uh, i don't think i've seen that one yeah, look it up. It's it's so good. It's it's underrated and one of their simpler works. Um, but it's that's the type of video to me that showcases their level of uh, I think like musical genius. Like they they really have uh, you can just tell they're powerhouse musicians. Mm. So which is always what I've I've always enjoyed the comedy element. Um, and they're really funny. They have their own brand of humor for sure. But the music is what's drawn me in because it's yeah. so consistently satisfying. Well, they're decent, decent chord progressions, I noticed. That's one of the things. Yeah. It's way too easy to make a you know, one, four, five chord progression or something. But uh, theirs aren't, I don't know if they ever do that. Maybe they do, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like there, there's a complexity. It's the perfect balance of, there's like a complexity to the arrangements, but it's simple enough that you can hum to it or or learn it and it's it's always catchy so yeah why why mantai i think is a, it's a really funny backstory to the video and also just a a great song um i'll check it out sorry i keep getting derailed in my thoughts but one of the coolest parts was uh michael gregory reached out and complimented the speaking moistly song mm -hmm. and um yeah it was really cool to see him reach out and I wasn't sure you know I felt a little sheepish because it's like obviously I'm I'm basically just emulating what they've already done and established and kind of having fun with it uh I think Cher started it technically the auto-tune oh yeah maybe so you're just well, ripping off Cher again. like she knows how to, how to you know <laughs> input into auto-tune but uh whoever produced it maybe can take yeah. credit yeah but it was it was really cool and uh so just coming back to your point, I think that they they probably have a level of comfort with people imitating them or emulating them because uh, they it's so well established and everybody yeah. knows that uh, their work is is just on its own level. So mm -hmm. um, I can't say what they're thinking, but uh, I hope that they take it as a as a compliment because yeah. that's oh I'm, I'm a sure big fan and oh they're uh, they were he was do. a fan Evan was a fan of the song so um oh, I should say cool. though I would be remiss if I did not point out to anyone listening uh, that uh, you yourself are uh, I, I I already was calling you a genius musician before this so uh, the the your, your own songs under your name Brock Tyler. <laughs> um are just uh well amazing uh, and, and sure. your musicianship oh i know you're not sure but that's uh that's because you're you and uh anyway anybody anybody uh should check out brock tyler it's <laughs> i think it's i think it's amazing uh and uh oh my connection is unstable no that's all right i think we caught up i, I, oh, I lost oh, you for a sec but uh well that's that's very <laughs> kind of you uh and uh you know, I think that um, 
that word is thrown around a little too willy-nilly, but I'm not thrown around when it comes You're to one of the One of the most skilled musicians I know, and uh, when you and I get to play guitar together, that, that especially when we're both playing guitar together, that I can just I can just feel the innate musicianship that comes from you. I, I really should have planned one uh, to um, compliment your music and say really nice things, and then not say another word. Just sit here, uh, and until you yeah. until you finally uh, like just ended the ended like the crack. call. That would right. that would have been pretty. That's funny. good. Yeah, that would have been fun. That. We could we could end the segment that way. Yeah, find uh, someone who doesn't take a compliment contest. well. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, well, sorry we had we had a choppy connection, but the feelings mutual. And uh, for yeah. anyone who doesn't know, I'm also a member of Cantu, which is this guy's band. Don't oh, where would he go? He's gone. Uh, so I guess I'm hosting the show now. Welcome to Morning Talk. Uh, we're gonna oh, he's back. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> no. uh, Cantu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cantu. That's my band. I've never actually mentioned it from. Uh, well, from the- that's why I'm here. Bonus episode for everybody. Okay. But uh, anyway, uh, Brock Tyler, thank you for uh, being on Morning Talk Show. Um, I don't know what the final uh, what the final product of all this is going to look like, but it will at least be an interview with you and an interview with Evan Gregory. And uh, yeah, um, this is great. So um, if anybody hasn't seen, I mean, yeah, they probably have already paused this to go and listen to Speaking Moistly because it's the weirdest, uh, the weirdest title uh, and it just draws you in with its weirdness, but um, it is weird. Well, yeah. can I just can I say one more thing? Oh, which yes, is, uh, absolutely. If I was going to leave on any kind of note, just that um, it was f- the the most fun was seeing uh, all the covers that came out around the song, uh, which was really cool. And uh, the second, I think the best thing was uh, seeing parents dance with their kids to the song. Because you and I both know as parents of small kids how hard it is uh, for everybody being stuck inside mm-hmm. a house and your kids can't see friends and all that. Um, yeah. I'm glad that the song was enjoyed, but it, it was super joyful for me to see people like make yeah. it their own and, and have a laugh, which is a lot of what a lot of people said that they hadn't laughed in a while. So Right. I never expected that. And um, that's so great. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I, I watched it just this morning, uh, snuggling Aubrey and Delia. And uh, uh, we tried to watch a remix, like where somebody did uh, another version. And uh, Aubrey was too loyal. He said, I don't like this. I don't like this. Go back to go back to Brock. He's a purist. He's a purist. Yeah, he's a snob, there you go. a hipster. Uh, so anyway, well, all right. Uh, th- this was great. And, uh, my first interview with a friend, uh, felt pretty natural. So, uh, hopefully, uh, it will be interesting. Yeah, that's good. As well. <laughs> cool. I can't wait to be on next week again. Thanks a lot. Oh, uh, you know what? Next week I actually am kind of busy and, uh,